What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, the Conference Championship edition of Stacking the Box. It is myself, Ian McBellin, and Sterling Holmes. I'm reporting live from the fan-sided office, so not my usual setup today. Um, but yeah, obviously, we're going to talk uh, Championship Sunday, which is coming up. 32 teams start the NFL season. Four teams are left. What, 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 Sterling, what? You're going to get such high cholesterol with all that salt you keep throwing on the Chiefs, my guy. I mean, just going into that game, I don't know who's down worse. You or Bills fans right now. I mean, it's just got to be a handshake agreement between you guys. Yeah, we'll talk about it later on in the show. But yeah, I'm sick of the Chiefs. Uh, I had a, I had a, I had a stressful weekend on social media as I was both defending Brock Purdy to the death one day and then fighting <laughs> against Chiefs fans the next day. So Some say 0 for 2. Some say. I wouldn't. Some might say that. If people say that, then they're idiots, but I certainly wouldn't. People forget I bet on the Chiefs. I, I was cheering for the Bills. I bet on the Chiefs, so I won money. Um, but we're going to get into it. Don't worry. Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Um, so as always, we're going to go through best winners and losers from this past week. We're going to talk about recap the divisional round a little bit where I'll talk about uh, my argument for both those games. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to cha- uh, preview the championship round. There are four teams left. I don't think we can really... I mean, these might be the four best teams in the NFL all season. So I guess maybe the you could make the case, maybe the Bills, probably not though, and then maybe the Cowboys over the lines. But uh, these four teams are deserving to be in the to be playing in Championship Weekend. But before we go uh, any further, uh, guess what, football fans? DraftKings is offering a fantastic sign-up bonus ahead of the conference round. All you or you can place a five-dollar bet on anything to instantly claim two hundred dollars in bonus bets. You will also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. The best part is you will receive both rewards even if your bet loses. So tail my bets, my stinky losing bets. It doesn't matter. You'll get the bonuses regardless. When you join DraftKings, make sure to use our code STB. Using our code STB not only gets you these great bonuses, it also directly supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use the code STB to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always get, uh, gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Uh, Justin, right away, I want to address this question. Do you guys see both number one seeds falling this weekend? I think there's a higher probability than in the past handful of years. I couldn't disagree with you more, Justin. I think the complete opposite, uh, but we'll talk about that a little bit. Oh, do you have and a quick thought? It, yeah, just very quick. And Justin, I think I actually agree with you there. I think there's okay. actually a decent possibility. So we'll have Perfect. some fun with that one. 
Perfect. So we get to debate about that later on in the show. Uh, Joshua says Chiefs and AFC Championship games like we all predicted after Christmas Day. I guess at this point we can just we should be predicting it in week one because six straight seasons we get to see Chiefs and their whiny fans advance to the AFC Championship. Even though they're whined all season, nothing but crying and whining from Chiefs fans all season, they're back in the AFC Championship game. And now they're arrogant. After whining all season, now they're like, oh, don't do it, don't do it. You better get Patrick Mahomes to what happens. After whining all season. Unbelievable. Hey, 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 Ian, the floor for Patrick Mahomes when he starts is the AFC Championship game. That's the floor. Let's talk biggest winners and losers from this past weekend. Uh, Sterling, why don't you start us off? Why don't you uh, give us your, your biggest winner? I'll do a biggest winner here because I'll let you take biggest loser first. Uh, Biggest winner is Lions fans. I am so floored for Lions fans. They deserve this. 32 years, and they finally got it done. Two wins now in the playoffs. They're moving on. They have a very tough test ahead, obviously, as we've talked about. I think the 49ers are the best team all season long um, in the entire NFL. Them and the Ravens, yeah, they're, they're very tough. I get what you're saying there. We'll talk about that more. But I, the Lions have a shot, like a legitimate shot. Jared Goff is playing his best football of his entire career. Lions fans have to be floored because not only are you getting this play from this quarterback, look at the rest of the team. There's a lot of youth at some impactful positions this past draft class already. A lot of guys making an impact. Jameer Gibbs is so fun to watch. Um, man, I, I, I am I am very excited for Lions fans. So for me, they're the biggest winner. Uh, yeah, that's the obvious one. Good for them. I wish them well. Um, uh, in, in terms of my bets, all that's aside, obviously, the team that I, that I hope to win uh, the Super Bowl is the Lions. Uh, I will not be betting on them to do that, but uh, yeah, good for Lions fans. I was really hoping for a Bills against Lions Super Bowl, the battle of two um, cursed franchises, but unfortunately, the Chiefs had to do what they do and just be the bad guy in the story once again. Uh, my biggest winner of the week is Jordan Love. Because despite uh, overall not playing a good game, despite throwing two interceptions, nobody cares. Apparently the quarterback who led a game-winning drive and won the game uh, is the bad quarterback in the game. The quarterback who threw two interceptions, including a game-losing, back-breaking interception where he rolled one way and then threw across his body, the worst interception I've seen all all season. Doesn't matter. For some reason, Jordan loves the the greatest player to ever live and Brock Purdy stinks. So uh, the, the biggest winner of the week is the guy who actually lost. And Jordan Love, because nobody's talking about his performance. Because for some reason, we're going to trash on the winning quarterback's performance instead. I don't disagree with a lot of what you said, actually. But I do want to take a little glass half full with Jordan Love, because if you are a Packers fan, you have to be thrilled that you found your guy. You went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to now Jordan Love. Jordan Love's not a Hall of Famer. We're not going to say that yet, obviously. But he's at least a good quarterback. And in your year where this entire season was going to be a uh, feeling out process of, is he the guy moving forward or not? Well, they found out he is. So in that aspect, again, they also won a playoff game. I think if you're Jordan Love and the Packers, you actually do have a lot of reasons to be optimistic here. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, My biggest loser of the week, and I think we probably just agree on this, um, maybe a slight uh, difference, but mine is Bills fans because I can relate to franchises that are nothing but cursed. Buffalo fans as a whole are that. I mean, Buffalo has the Bills and the Sabres. So the Buffalo doesn't have a, 
NBA. T- so is it just the Bills and the Sabres? Because those are the two. Some of them, cur- I mean, the, the Sabres have the longest uh, playoff drought in the NHL if you want to look at hockey. And now the Buffalo Bills, this is finally the year. It looked like the, the door might be closing on them, but they had all the momentum. They were hosting the game. Uh, everything going the Bills' way. And then not only do they lose, but they lose wide right. Um, which is, of course, how they lost uh, the Super Bowl that they should have won. I don't know which of the four Super Bowls it was that they lost wide right. Is the one that they probably should have won. It was against the Giants. Um, I don't know if it was their first or second one. Um, but wide right is a, is a tough call for them to lose on this game once again. But I will say, as much as it pains me to admit this, if they make that field goal, they're probably losing anyway. Patch Mahomes has a, two minutes to go down and score a field goal. Like They probably had to score touchdowns like 30 seconds or less in that game to win. Um, but still, it's just tough to once it, it not even like it would have been better for his wide left, to be honest. So once again, see wide right again, that's that's got a sting. So I, I feel for Buffalo fans, the the crowd shots of people just bawling their eyes out. I mean, that's tough. I don't know if I'd ever ball my eyes out over uh, over one of my sports teams, but I feel for them. It's it's the rich get richer. Once again, the Chiefs move on and uh, the poor get poor. The Bills have to deal with another heartbreaking loss. Yeah, I, I actually am with you, and that's why I wanted you to go first because I'm in agreement, man. I, I feel bad for Bills fans. I do think you're right, though. The talk hasn't been as much on the wide right because I think the majority of folk understand with a minute and a half left, Mahomes is going to rip the Bills' hearts out even worse, right? I, I, I think Bills fans shouldn't even be mad that he missed the kick because he at least saved you from – what a worse heartbreak would be Harrison Butker going down and hitting a 35 yarder to win it. Like it sucks though, man. Wide right twice as if you're watching the TV, they're talking about how, yeah, they have full confidence. If he gets a chance to win the game, they they, they know he's going to make it as the ball is shanked straight, right? Like it was just the epitome of announcer jinx of fandom jinx of the Buffalo bills being cursed. Um, and it does not get better from here. Josh Allen, I thought, played a great game. I love Josh Allen. If you know me, I think Josh Allen's the second-best quarterback in football. The issue is a lot of teams have had to deal with this. He can play a great game, but if it's not perfect, he ain't beating the one guy who's better than him. I think the Bills beat almost any team outside of Kansas City in that game. The issue was they were playing the Chiefs. Um, Stephon Diggs, perpetually unrest there. Uh, Josh Allen's contract coming up. He was getting, I think, 18 mil against the cap this year. Next year, uh, look out. That's going to be brutal. You know, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, 32-year-old safeties. Tredavious White, 28 years old, going on 35, apparently, with his injuries. Matt Milano injured yet again. Von Miller got this fat contract. He got three tackles during the regular season, zero sacks. I mean, the Bills' cap situation is not good. This was their all-in year, and they got sent home yet again on a wide right. So, for me... I actually do feel very bad for them because I don't know where they go from here. Obviously, you're not in full rebuild mode when you have Josh Allen as your quarterback, but things are going to look very different going forward for Buffalo. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, tough, tough, tough week for Buffalo. I feel for them. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, kind of recapping the rest of the games here. Let's, let's start off with... Um, Saturday's big game. Uh, let's talk about the Packers and the 49ers. Brock Purdy is a guy that we have talked about at length, but I think now this conversation has hit the public sphere even more so than it did during the regular season. So I'll pose this question to you first, and then I'll go on a little rant. Um, Brock Purdy, is he terrible? Is he bad? Is he average? Is he good? Is he great? Or is he elite? He's good. He's a good quarterback. Good. Well, like, he, he's a good quarterback. Is he elite? No. Because I, I think if you're doing tiers, you have Mahomes at his own tier. Second tier down, you have Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. That's probably where you go. The next tier down, if this is the good one, you're probably looking at Brock Purdy, uh, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, um, Justin Herbert. Right. So that's the way I have it broken down. Um, he's a good quarterback. Like I know a lot of the analytics love him as well. That's great. That's awesome. But also use the eye test and use what he's – working with. I, I know it's very difficult to knock a guy because you're sitting here going, well, what do you want him to do? Throw the ball to Dewan Jennings instead of Brandon Ayuk? No, he's doing what he's supposed to do. But it's the same reason why I have trouble saying Tua Tagovailoa is his great quarterback. Yeah, we, we see what he does with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. When a guy goes out in big time moments, just look in the eye test. Is he the guy that elevates this team or is everyone around him elevating him? Again, I'm not saying Brock, Brock Purdy is a bad quarterback. But I'm sitting here going, you watch these games, at least with the eye test. It doesn't look like he's elevating the team. That's what I'm seeing. Like, again, I get where people are coming from on Jordan Love. Those are some horrible interceptions. But when you watch some of the throws that Jordan Love makes, you're going, yeah, Brock Purdy isn't coming close to that. Now, Brock Purdy did make one phenomenal throw that won to George Kittle in the end zone. That was outstanding. But just on a consistency level, the incredible game-changing plays, I don't see it with Brock the way I do with other elite quarterbacks. He's a good quarterback, not elite. See, I don't agree with you, but that's at least a conversation that I think someone can have. And that's like, I'm not going to argue that opinion too much. It's I First of all, I think Brock Purdy's a great quarterback. I don't think he's elite, but I think he's better than good. I think he's a great quarterback. But I was arguing with people on social media, which is one of my favorite activities to do. People were saying Brock Purdy actually stinks. And they were like saying anyone who thinks he doesn't like is better than terrible is an idiot and doesn't know what they're watching. You can't possibly, no matter what passing metric you want to look at in the NFL, QBR, quarterback rating, yards per attempt, air yards per attempt, adjusted EPA, uh, completion percentage over expected. Brock Purdy's number one in the NFL, not number two, not number three, not number four, not number five, number one in the NFL in every single one of those metrics. Now, if you want to make the case that he ranks better in those statistics than he would on a different team because he has great talent around him and he plays in a great offensive system. Sure. And I agree with that. That's why I'm not saying he's the best quarterback in the NFL, but a terrible quarterback can't lead the NFL in all those stats. It's not possible. If that's the case, then the quarterback position actually doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is having good weapons and a good offensive system. If that's the case, then just screw quarterbacks, pay them nothing, get a bum in there and then just make sure spend all your money on the best offensive coordinator and the best receivers. If that's the case. And I, I, think, was, I was having that argument, like tens of people think that he's a terrible quarterback. More than one person thinks they'd be better off with Sam Darnold, the guy who couldn't make it with the Jets, couldn't make it with the Panthers, and then signed a backup contract. Now he's going to be better than Brock Purdy, the guy who led the NFL in every single passing metric. What are we talking about? 
I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills when I talk to these people. It's like they, they think stats literally mean nothing, which is insane. It'd be like as if I had two apples in my hand. And I was like, look, one apple plus one apple equals two apples. They're like, no, you're, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Have you looked at the apples? Have the apples passed the eye test? What are the apples? Just one have peanut butter and the other one have honey. Like, like what, what, what's the difference here? Joshua um, says, did any real person say Purdy stinks? Joshua, go to my Twitter at Ian MacBets and look to my tweets on Saturday night and look at the replies. It's most of the people replying are saying he actually sucks and he's terrible. Nobody's just like, yeah, he's good, but not great. A lot of people were saying he actually stinks and the metrics mean nothing. So here's where I'm at with Brock Purdy. It's coming, we're really coming to a Dave Matthews band situation here where either Dave Matthews band is people's like, they're the greatest band ever. They're their favorite band. They're fucking kick ass. Everyone loves Dave Matthews band. Or it's the people who are like, I hate Dave Matthews band. I can't stand them. I have no idea why anyone likes Dave Matthews band. They make no sense to me. And then again, I'm sitting here in the middle going, yeah, they're a pretty good band. Like they're pretty good, but there's very few of us. Like we're very rare. Few and far, bet- uh, far between. So how I feel about Dave Matthews Band and how the public feels is the same way with Brock Purdy. They're good. They're not outstanding. They don't suck. They're good. All those Grammys mean something. All these first place stuff and awards mean something for Purdy. But again, it's it's the weapons. If Dave Matthews didn't have his kick-ass band, no one's listening to Dave Matthews. I still think he's great. I think he's one step. Below. I think he. I think it's Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy. I think he's the fourth. Of course, Hunter would love Dave Matthews because he loves Brock Purdy. See, this we're one for one. Right, we're one for one. I I don't. I can't name a single Dave Matthews song, so I, I can't chime in on that. Are you serious? I'm not a music guy. I, this is everyone knows this. I'm not a music guy. I like. I'm not a music. I don't know anything about music. I can't can't name a song. Haven't listened to a song in 15 years. Wait, do you what do you listen to? Do you just like drive in silence? Podcasts. Okay. When I when I so I, I I've been running quite a bit the past year. When I go for runs, I listen to um like songs from TV shows and movies. You're a psycho, dude. How many like people I listen to like I listen to like songs from like Game of Thrones. How many dead bodies are in your closet? I listen to Over the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm not a music guy. I don't like words in my music. I just listen to like instrumentals. <laughs> I I let's move on, man. I'm 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 shocked right now. I'm scared. I can't let him do a podcast with a literal serial killer right now, allegedly. All right, let's move on. What let's 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 talk your chiefs. Let let's now get to the other topic that I'm fired up about. What deal with a devil did Patrick Mahomes do? Where every break that he can possibly get. If he needs someone to miss a field goal, they miss. If he needs someone to hit a field goal, they hit it. If they need someone to throw an interception, they do. If they need a penalty called, it gets called. It's Tom Brady all over again, where I watched the Patriots for 20 years. Yes, they were a great team every single year, but it seemed like in those key moments, when they needed something to go their way. It went their way every single time, and it's why I hated the Patriots. And now the same thing's happening to the Chiefs. Well, I think if you actually break it down a little deeper, you, you might make the case that, yeah, everything seems to go their way. But look at what happened before. Like what happened the week before that I kept pointing out and no one wanted to talk about with special teams with the Bills, right? Tyler Bass missed two field goals. Yeah, they had a different holding situation. Their punter went down with injury. He came back. It still did not give him a lot of confidence heading into this game. Their punter was banged up. He couldn't punt very well. And Tyler Bass, I think, got in his head. So I'm sitting here going, into this game, special teams is going to make a major impact. In a clutch moment, will Tyler Bass have the uh, mental fortitude to get it done? He didn't. 
Like, again, you might say, oh, Mahomes gets all the breaks, but you're looking at it in a larger picture here and go, well, this is kind of on the Bills. This is on the Bills right now. They imploded. It wasn't anything Mahomes did. The Bills imploded in the special teams situation here. That wasn't just this week. This was weeks prior. But because it happened with Mahomes, we sit here going, oh, my gosh, Mahomes gets all the breaks without looking at the larger picture here. That's what I'm taking away from this. But the larger picture is his opponent implodes every single time that he plays an important game. This isn't the first time this has happened. It happens all the time. And I will also say, if you want to take the Bills' defense, for example, all all the injuries, right? That that was a big talk heading into this game was the Bills' injuries, right? The Chiefs had a lot of injuries as well, especially as the game went on. Their main spy on on Josh Allen went down in the first quarter, Willie Gay Jr., their starting safety was actually their second safety because Brian Cook's been injured a large chunk of the season now. He went out on the first series, right? The, the, the difference is the Chiefs have so much depth, okay? Like, this was a big storyline that no one wants to talk about. Everyone wants to talk about Mahomes versus Josh Allen and stuff too, but if you don't look at team construction, I know you're falling asleep back there and you hate to hear it. No, no, I'm, no really I'm well. frustrated. Yeah, I know you are. because are talking about well. those things. There are they every matter. single time you need they to break and get a break. That doesn't the depth no. of the team doesn't matter about breaks. It does I'm matter. You know why breaks? I, I know you're talking about luck, but you know why you you create your own luck. You know how you create your own luck when you have the Bills linebacker cores. They go out with injury, and who do they have step up instead? A, a dude who hasn't played all season long, or a guy in Kansas City who they signed in the offseason for like a couple million and Drew Tranquil, who's incredible. It's about depth. It's about what do you have. The Chiefs have the depth. Other teams do not. So in injuries, play guys. The All Pro left guard Joe Tooney, first team All Pro left guard, went down in the second half. Did you notice him out? No, because they have depth there at left guard with Nick Allegretti. They find ways to get it done. You don't want to bring this up, but on other teams, when depth goes down, when guys go down, what happens? You take advantage. You can't, though, with the Chiefs because they have the depth. That's the issue. You're talking about luck. I'm talking about creating your own luck. There's the difference. I got an issue with Chiefs fans because you guys have the best quarterback in the NFL. You've won, what, two of the last four Super Bowls, is it? You've been to six straight AFC championships. Aren't you like, I wouldn't know because none of my teams have ever won a championship my entire lifetime outside the Blue Jays when I was eight months old in 1993. Don't, haven't you had enough? Like, why do you even want to win these games? I'm seeing Chiefs fans are like, oh, like I was pacing back and forth. I was going to throw up. I was so nervous. How, why do you even care? If I had two championships, I wouldn't even care. Let the other team win. This particular like, do you get nervous for these games? Like when it comes down to when, when Bass is lining up to kick that field, are you nervous? Why do you care? I knew he was missing it, by the way. Because um, it's the Chiefs. If the Chiefs had to make that field goal, it would have been right down the middle. No, I mean, or they would have missed it. and the penalty would have been called. I, I, I'm, I'm a Mizzou fan, so I understand completely. I get it. I, I, I'm sitting here, though, and I think Joshua brings up a good point. Says, yeah, Mahomes gets all the luck. So lucky for McCall to take a touchdown off the board. So lucky Chamari Connor went for a scoop rather than falling on the ball. I mean, if you want to talk about breaks, Bill's got the majority of the breaks in this game. What, what, what you, why are you shaking your finger? Don't let facts get in the way of my narrative. Yeah. That, no, <laughs> that doesn't fit the narrative. Let, no, I'm ignoring that play. That wasn't, that a, wasn't four, a lateral. Don't let that a wasn't lateral that, get that into was, it either. That was nothing but a great play by the Bills. <laughs> or a Ford lateral or Dawson Knox hitting the ball out of bounds on the first drive, yeah. which could have been even worse. Yeah. The Bills actually had the majority of things go their way in this game and they still lost. Uh, but yes, I was nervous in this game. This was a game that meant a lot because 
I'm sitting back going, I know for a fact. What was a negative storyline against Mahomes heading into this game? He's never played a playoff game on the road, which is asinine. It's absurd because they win so much on the regular season. Somehow they use that as a knock against him. So what did he do? He won. He's now 1-0 on the road, so that you can't use that against him. And by the way, I want to use it and flip this now and say Mahomes has never lost a road playoff game in his career. So uh, uh, does that mean that they have an advantage against the, the Ravens now? That's how the national media would try and spin this thing. But yeah, I get nervous because this meant a lot. This was a huge situation, a huge game that, in my opinion, could be the backbreaker. That could end the Bills, at least this version, this iteration of this team. This has been a rival for a while now, the Bills talk smack headed into this game. Deion Dawkins talked a bleep ton of smack headed into this game. You shouldn't rile him up. Hey, why? why the a, they took it personal. Why for a franchise that was average for so long, all of a sudden becomes good, and now they're and now there's the most arrogant fans on social media. I would think that that a franchise that was so average for so long would be a little bit more humble. But now it's like one call goes their way, and they're like, oh, the entire NFL is out to get us. And then they end up winning the game anyways. And then they're like, yeah, of course we won. We're the greatest team to ever exist. Patrick Mahomes is a god. Everyone kiss our feet. We're amazing. It's annoying. I have never once to ask you to kiss my feet. No, not you. I'm with the Chiefs fans as a whole. I hate them. I hate, I was When the Chiefs won their first Super Bowl, I loved it. I was a Chiefs guy. Every passing game that happens now, I hate them more and more. They and have it, turned. Is it because into, I'm jealous? Yes, it's just sort of jealousy. I want oh, the same way. It was the same way with the Patriots. I mean, it, it really was. And the thing is, now is the Chiefs are the villain, and especially in that game against Buffalo, this was one of the first times they were the true underdog villain, right? And they have the same thing now going into Baltimore. But the players relish it. Like the players had a lot of fun with it because not often are they the underdogs and the villains. How often do you see the storyline of Oh, the hero's going to win. I mean, the Bills scored a touchdown from what yard line? The 13. Who did they score a touchdown against? Legereus Sneed. That was his first touchdown against all season long. So they're trying to write this storybook ending. The only issue is the villain won. And the villain relished it. That's what happened at the very end of the game. When you see Drew Tranquil getting snowballs thrown at him, just living it up. The villains won. Yeah. It was nice to see Patrick Mahomes have some sportsmanship since he won the game. I'm sure if he lost the game, I would, I'm sure he, should, he would have the same sportsmanship he showed when he lost to the Bills in the regular season. He has always been a great dude. He's always yeah, been a great dude. Because he usually dude. wins, so he always comes off as a great dude. And then he loses Even the game. Even when he loses, he's a great dude. Don't, don't. There is zero knock you can use against Mahomes. That was a tough look in the regular season against the Bills. That was a tough look, and that was his that was one in seven years. Six years starting, seven years in the NFL. That was his one time he's ever had. We need to pull up one time. Come on now. Mr. Moy says, keep that same energy. Kansas City is going to keep on winning. And yeah, they will. That's the worst part of it. I'm. They will keep winning. They'll probably win the Super Bowl this year. They'll win, this next, they'll win 14 of the next 15 Super Bowls, and I'll hate them every step of the way. Justin says the Patriots were ordinary without Tom and they became arrogant in the bane of your. Yes, correct. Which is like, um, now that the Patriots stink, my hate is now transferred over to the Chiefs. Correct. Even though the Chiefs have not never done anything bad against the Falcons, except beat us the past few times in the regular season. You stole Tony Gonzalez from us. So there, there, there is some beef. True. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
We tried to get him championship, but not quite. Um, all right. So yeah, uh, I, I hate the chiefs. I'm sorry, chiefs fans. It is what it is. Um, I'm going to hate any, any great team I'm going to hate. And it's just, it's out of pure jealousy. I, I admit that, but that's not going to keep me from hating them. Um, until my, I feel like if I can just get one championship, no matter what team or sport, one of my teams win a championship, I'll be fine. But I, until that happens, I'm 31 years old. I don't have many years left. I'm what 40, 50 years left. I'm almost halfway through a chance of my team winning a championship. It's getting bleak. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Mm. Oh, you wouldn't know that because you don't like music. I know that. That's Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> so how about that? Um, the Detroit Lions escape with another win. And I say escape because um, I actually now think this is two straight games that they were kind of outplayed by their opponent. I don't think they were outplayed as much by the Buccaneers than they were the Rams. Like, I do still think the Lions probably deserve to win the game because of the turnovers, whereas I thought the Rams actually deserved to win the first game. But Lions have scraped by now two games in a row. Do you agree or no? Yes, but especially as you mentioned the Rams game. But but what I will say is there is something to being able to win in close games. There is a little bit of a skill set there. Like sure. the Chiefs have have been very. I'm not trying to bring this up, but but like they've been very good in one score games. Of course, like they have been. The Vikings last year were really good in one score games. This year they were not. Sometimes it's a little bit season over season. There's not a whole bunch of continuity there. But I do think there is something to winning one-score games. A lot of it is season over season, and the Lions have it this season. At least they have it so far in the playoffs. If you're a Niners fan, that should make you at least a little scared that they're going to keep it close, and they have shown an ability to win in one-score games. Quite frankly, they should have beat the Cowboys, but we, we know how that call went down, right? I mean, that would have been another one-score game, one-point game, that should have gone their way. I think there's something to winning these close games. So I know you can use it as a knock, but I think on the other hand, you can also use it as a little bit of a positive here. Yeah. I just want to back up my claim. Why, why I say escape here. If I look at the numbers, uh, the Buccaneers out gain the Lions 6.8 yards per play to 5.5 yards per play. Now, obviously yards per play doesn't tell everything. Buccaneers uh, turn the ball over twice. That was kind of the difference maker. Um, but then a similar thing against the Rams, even more exaggerated. Uh, Rams okay them seven seven point uh, seven yards per play to six point one. So um, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep winning despite that. I think it's tough to use yards per play when you win the turnover margin. I know it might sound right. silly to say, but yeah, you, when, when teams are playing from behind, more than likely going to be throwing the ball, trying to hit some deep shots while sure. the Lions at that point are trying to run the clock out. So I think there can be a little bit of a wonkiness oh, to that. For sure. But I, I think you are correct. There's nothing the Lions have been dominating games. Again, right. though, I think it comes down to, do you trust the Lions secondary, their defense, and do you trust Jared Goff? And so far, Jared Goff has done nothing, to, to, at least for, for me, who has been a Jared Goff hater until he got to Detroit pretty much. And he's really revitalized his career to say he can't do it. I think he can do it. Uh, I do want to acknowledge Justin. He says, until seven years ago, us Chiefs fans felt the same, which is why I have a big issue. Because if seven years ago, you Chiefs fans felt the same, Maybe it's just the saying, either die the hero or live long enough to become the villain. You guys have lived long enough to become the villain. And it's sad to see. Well, it's I, only I, because I expected people, a little bit more, Chiefs fans be a little bit more humble given their past. It's because people just, it feels like just take shots for, unnecessarily re, for unnecessary reasons. 
And that's what it comes down to. And it's not Falcons fans. We have nothing against you guys. It's Bills and Bengals fans typically. Right. Um, nobody has anything against us, except for maybe Saints fans, but even then. Um, <laughs> do the Bucks bring back Baker Mayfield? I think I read somewhere a report that they were um, planning on bringing him back. He was a one-year contract, so he would technically be a free agent. Um, but do they or should they bring back Baker Mayfield after he led them to a playoff win? Uh, 100% they should. He's 28 years old, going to be 29. His birthday is April 14th. Oh, my God. Um, so he's a lot younger than I think people realize. I don't see how you don't bring him back. Um, you're not drafting high enough to get a good quarterback. Uh, right. I don't think Kyle Trask was ever going to be the guy. I think you drafted him in hopes of a potential breakout guy. You, you draft him in hopes of a, of a Brock Purdy type situation or one of those later round quarterbacks. But what we saw so far from him was, oh, oh bleep, this ain't good. Again, I'm not saying he can't turn into anything, but I don't think you take that risk in a bad NFC South. I think you roll with Baker Mayfield. He played really good this entire season, especially if you're able to bring back Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, uh, at least some good offensive weapons. I don't see why you wouldn't bring back Baker Mayfield. Um, again, you might not win the Super Bowl. You probably don't have the upside, but you have a good chance of making the playoffs with him. And again, anything can happen in the playoffs, as we have seen. So, yeah, I think you bring him back, maybe looking at a little bit more of a um, in-between Geno Smith and Derek Carr type of deal. I think if you would have won that game, you're really looking at a Derek Carr type of deal. He had a lot of money on that on that playoff game against Detroit. He didn't do himself a ton of favors, especially with that last interception. Right, The first one wasn't all on him. That was off the hands. Then it went to C.J. Gardner-Johnson, which, of course, after he talked all that smack. But, um, yeah, I think you're probably looking at a, what, three-year, $100 million contract probably for Baker? Yeah, I'm not a contract guy, so I'm not even going to predict the predict the the length or, or the amount. But, yeah, I think you got to bring him back for at least a couple of years. Try to build the rest of your team. Maybe get a young guy. Um, a quarterback to learn, maybe a guy like in the second round or, or late first round to to learn behind Baker for a couple of years. But um, I certainly think he, he's earned another shot for sure. Yeah. Um, where do the Bills go from here? Last topic, and then we're to move on to the championship round to kind of put a cap on the Bills season. Um, obviously disappointing. We talked about a little bit earlier about how this is kind of their all-in year. Uh, they lose in heartbreaking fashion. I personally think that you got to get rid of Sean McDermott. I don't think that's going to happen, um, but I think that's how the Bills move on from here is I think you got to change things at the top, and that's start starting with their head coach. I actually don't think Sean McDermott's that good of a head coach. I, I would agree, especially for a demons, a guy who in the playoffs, seemingly the defense always crumbles. Right. I, I always wonder, too. Brian Dable coming back. I still think the the Bills offense looked the best with Brian Dable when he was there. Brian Dable's not having a ton of success right now. I wonder if he would get the opportunity to be a head coach in Buffalo, if he would take that. I don't know how that would actually work. I don't know if they would even do that, but man, it's tough. And and again, I actually love the Bills. I'm the rare Chiefs guy that loves watching the Bills play football. They're so enjoyable to watch. Josh Allen's my second favorite quarterback in the NFL. I think he's the second best quarterback in the NFL. Um, they'll have a chance, but you're looking at a completely different team. Again, 13 seconds was a start this year, beating the bills in Buffalo. That has to be the end. I know it was a close game, but again, I think a lot of things went their way. The Buffalo bills way turnover wise and everything like that. Some of the 50, 50 balls. 
what it comes down to is McDermott, I think, is gone. Find a way to get out of Von Miller's contract. Stephon Diggs, maybe you trade him because he's really fallen off a cliff the last, what, 12 games of the season. He was not good. Gabe Davis yeah. is a free agent, but Gabe Davis, you have his production with Khalil Shakur. You hit on Dalton Kincaid, right? You hit there. Dawson knocked, I think, is a free agent, so he's probably gone. Probably try and get young, younger defensively at safety because you spend a lot of money on Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. Tredavious White's been a great corner for a long time, but he's always injured. You can't trust him. Um, try and build around Ed Oliver, probably. But it, you're going to look at a completely different Bills team next year. Uh, if you thought Josh Allen has already done a lot, has already had a lot on his plate, get ready for next season because he's going to have to do even more if they want to have any chance of making a playoff run. Um, I feel for Bills fans because they went all in and they don't have a ton to show for. Yeah, it's probably going to be a couple down years. I mean, as long as they have Josh Allen, they're going to have a chance, but I think it's going to be a couple down years. And I think probably in three years' time, they're probably going to get back, though, to being a true contender. But I think based on how the roster is constructed, it's going to be a couple rough years ahead. Well, and they have to draft well, and that's the issue. They haven't drafted great. That's why they've had to have these free agent signings because they haven't been able to find any edge rushers. Uh, yeah. When you have to give that kind of money to Von Miller at his age, when you have to bring in, and they got lucky. I don't want to say lucky, but they, they scouted correctly and brought in Leonard Floyd. But it's not like Leonard Floyd's this young free agent or a young rookie uh, contract type of player. No, he's he's a veteran. He's been around a while. He had 10 and a half sacks. That's great. But you can't count on that every single year. You got to draft these guys. And they've not done that. I mean, Kyrie Elam, their first round cornerback, has been buns. Um, it's tough, man. They're in a really tough spot, and I, I do feel for them. Uh, all right, let's move on to conference championship weekend, uh, starting off with the question of what your dream matchup for the Super Bowl is. Now, obviously, you're a Chiefs guy, so you're going to pick the Chiefs out of the AFC, and I'm, I don't want to know who the easier matchup is for the Chiefs or who you think they're going to be playing. I want to know, entertainment-wise, would you rather see the Chiefs play the Lions or the 49ers? Entertainment-wise. I think Chiefs-Lions because of – entertainment wise i think lions fans and all that stuff like it'd be right. it'd be fun but i do think there's something fun with the chiefs and niners and there's gonna be a storyline either way right no matter who's even if the ravens make it, it's gonna be a fun storyline yeah. but with the chiefs niners in particular it goes back to the uh first one the chiefs won in this uh generation right where the chiefs got it done and you can make a lot of case of uh, of if brock purdy makes that throw late in the game then, then you're going to start having the, the the Brock Purdy is elite talk, right? Like there's a lot of fun talk about these two teams in particular. So maybe that's the more storyline aspect of it. Uh, I'm hoping for Ravens-Lions. Um, I think that'd be the most fun. As long as the Chiefs aren't in the Super Bowl. If I have to put up with another Super, like two weeks of Super Bowl talk and it's involving the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's going to be a painful two weeks for me. I'm just sick of seeing Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl. Do you see they already passed Gronkowski and Brady for most touchdowns by uh, by a duo? Good for them. Mahomes to Kelsey. Well, they better enjoy because Travis Kelsey's retiring after this season. So, No, he's not. Don't you dare. And I will say this it, to Patriots fans who are yelling at me. I will say this. A lot of that is because they never played in the wild card round. Let's be real now. The Patriots never yeah, played fair. in the wild. They they never played. So there were, there were fewer games. I, I will grant Patriots fans that. So don't come at me. Yeah, there is a theory that the that this NFL has released who is going to be playing in the Super Bowl every year because the two colors and the logos the past two seasons have been the same as the teams. And this year it's purple and, and red or orange. So it would be Ravens 49ers. But Joshua says, 
T-Swiss favorite color is purple, so that's why they have purple in there, not for the Ravens. So, um, yeah, Taylor Swift, uh, that, yeah, that'll that'll certainly not get annoying by the end of Super Bowl week. Um, which, by the way, I, I do got to say, I'm going to defend T-Swift, which I never thought I would. Not her fault. She's going to the game. She's cheering on her boyfriend. Not her fault. It's yeah. the broadcast fault for showing her every 10 seconds. What, she's supposed to not go to the game? Like, she's not asking to be on the broadcast. Um, but I digress. Um, we're going to get into picks a little bit uh, here in a little bit. But do you think lines, the Lions are being disrespected as Super Bowl contenders? Because if you look at the Super Bowl odds right now, it's the Ravens, it's the 49ers, then there's a small gap, and then the Chiefs, and then a big gap before the Lions. I think the Chiefs are plus 250, and then the Lions last on the list at 7-1. to one. Huge, huge, huge gap between the Lions and the, and the and the other three teams in terms of what the odds makers and betters think the Lions' chances are of winning the Super Bowl. Do you think that's disrespect, or do you think that's warranted? It's tough because let's be real: Vegas is not in the business of losing money, right? So there's nothing disrespectful when Vegas sets the lines and and people are betting money on this. So they're not trying to disrespect them. This is their hard-earned money. Like right. they, they, this is what they think is going to happen. I personally believe the Lions have a better chance than people are giving credit to. Again, they are clearly the fourth best team left, I think, in the final four, right? I don't think you and I are going to get in a big argument over that. But I do think they have a legitimate chance. I I think the Lions offense in particular can, can make this a very interesting game. Their defense is not great. Don't get me wrong. But Amon Ross St. Brown is nearly unguardable. Sam Laporta is a game changer in this emergence of Jameer Gibbs. Like Dan Campbell's kind of saved Jameer all season long for this final stretch into the playoffs. When you see him get into open space, it's over. It's over. I mean, he reminds me a little bit of Jamal Charles, right? Where you're like, oh, this guy can single-handedly change the game at a running back position. You don't see that very often. The issue is he's going up against the other running back currently in the NFL that's a game changer, and that's Christian McCaffrey. Um, again, I think the Lions have a chance. I'm not putting money on it, but I do think that they have better odds than the current 7-1 to one is being given to them. Uh, and if the Lions make the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, already 1-0 against the Chiefs this season. Fact. It would be kind of neat that the first game this, that this season started with Lions Chiefs and ended with Lions Chiefs. That'd be kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, um, what, what are your the, thoughts? You, you didn't give any. I know you're not a big Lions guy. We've talked about this already. Listen, the Lions offense can hang with 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 all four of the final teams left in the NFL. Their defense is by far the worst defense. They are the worst defense in the playoffs. They're by far the worst defense left. So. I mean, if they can figure something out defensively or if they can just beat these teams in shootouts and just outscore them, then sure. Um, seven to one in terms of these final four. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bet I want to place, but maybe it's a little bit longer than I'd set it at. But I do think there's a pretty large gap between the top three and then the Lions. Yeah. But also, I think there's a larger, there should be a larger gap between the Ravens and 49ers between them and the Chiefs. You think I, think Chiefs the Chiefs, three. I think the Chiefs are a distant three. I think people are having issues with that because of what the Chiefs have done in the playoffs in the past and then the right. past two playoff games. If you take the regular season in, in totality, then yeah, 100% the Chiefs might even be less than the, than the Lions if you take the regular season in. But I think people are saying, oh, wow, they do have that next level they can get to. Like, 
they have the Patriots or Golden State where you kind of coast through the regular season and then you turn it on come playoff time. It does seem a little bit of that is happening with the Kansas City but Chiefs. But ne- neither of those games were against the Ravens or the 49ers. And this is oh, not correct. like a playoff thing. All season long, from about the halfway point to the end of the season, it was Ravens and 49ers and everyone else. And, like, nobody was arguing any other. Like, even the, like the Chiefs lost to some bad teams this year. I 100% agree. So, like, I, I do think in football, and it happens because you only play one game a week where people get a short memory, where now Chiefs have had two impressive wins, to be fair, but, like, we're forgetting about the whole season. And, obviously, there is some of that because they've won so much in the playoffs lately, all the Super Bowls and everything, that you just think it's going to happen again. But they've never played the 2023 Baltimore Ravens. Agreed. But can I ask you something? Like, this is a serious rebuttal here. I don't disagree with what you're saying, but let's say March Madness, right? Right. I'm a Mizzou guy, but let's be real. Kansas basketball is always bleeping good. So I'm going to use them as a, as a, um, as the, the base case here. A lot of times KU is the number one seed, right? Right. All season long. But what happens come, or we can use Kentucky or whoever you want to use. Let's just say a team's great all season long. They're the number one. How often does that team win? Not very often. Yeah, no, no, not very well. often. Not very You know what happens? They get knocked off by a team. Than any other seed. Well, no, but, but sure, but very often a team that comes in, they're very hot. They're playing their best basketball or, or, or sure. football at that exact moment. They're the team that wins. They weren't better than them, but it's a one-game sample size and who was playing better at that moment for that game. Who has the higher ups? Like, like, there are just so many things to bring into account. Right. So while I do agree with, yeah, of course, the Chiefs have not played this Ravens team. I get it. But also the Chiefs, these past two games – They've been damn impressive. They're as hot as any team currently right now in the NFL. I, I, I don't think that there's that much of a difference right now between them and the Ravens from what they've done at this okay. point. Not full season, but this point. Yeah, Hunter makes a good point. This is, I mean, it, it, March Madness isn't the same, and I don't think you're making the direct one-to-one comparison. But it is, it is a one-game elim- elimination. Anything could happen in one game. Yeah, and no, and again, no, there's not going to be the, the direct com- comparison because you can't use baseball and you can't use hockey and you can't use NBA because there's a seven-game series. Right. And in one game, anything could happen. Um, let's get into the picks then. Uh, so let's let's start with uh, the AFC. That just because chronological, that's going to be the first game on Sunday. Um, Chiefs, Ravens, Ravens, three and a half point favorite. Um, Chiefs hitting the road again. You think the Chiefs win? All of the Chiefs cover. Yeah. I, I, if I'm betting, if I'm putting money on this, I'd have the Chiefs covering three and a half. That seems like an easier cover. I think it's going to be a very close game. Who do you think wins? It's tough. I, I've, I've not d- done my full picks yet. I mean, I've said the Ravens are the best team all season long. Right. But I, I do think the Chiefs are playing their best football at the right time. It's going to but come it's not down like the to the Ravens aren't though. The Ravens no, 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 just no, no, no. beat the Texans. Oh, agreed. But part of me wants to see who's coming back for Kansas City. Like is Willie Gay Jr. coming back? Because that's going to be your spy. If he's back, that changes things for me. Joe Tooney, their left guard. Good reports. Not a peck tear from what we have seen, but still very much questionable to play. You know, maybe Nick Allegretti at left guard starts, and that's a little bit of a drop off, but not a major one. 
some of this is I want to see who is playing and who's out for this game because I do think the linebacker position for Kansas City, as much depth as they currently have, Willie Gay Jr. being their spy might be the biggest game changer. That, that may be a huge difference that is not in the national media's talking points or storyline here. Here's my take on this game, uh, and that's a, the Ravens are an absolute stylistic nightmare for the Kansas City Chiefs. I, there's no team that matches up worse with the Chiefs or for the Chiefs than the Ravens because what's the weak point of the Chiefs' defense? It's their inability to stop the run. They've struggled to stop the run all season. The Bills had a lot of success, at least in the first half, running the football against them. They're in the bottom half and just about every single run defense metric, and now they take on the Ravens, who run the ball more than anyone else in the NFL, and they're also a top three in terms of rushing efficiency. So in that way, this is a nightmare matchup for the Chiefs' defense. And then what's what would be a bad matchup for the Chiefs' offense? An amazing secondary that can slow down Patrick Mahomes and stop this terrible Chiefs' receiving core. And who has the best secondary in the NFL, in my opinion, the Baltimore Ravens? Um, it's either them or the Browns. And then, to be fair, the Chiefs' secondary is probably number three. Um, but the Ravens were a lot better overall. The Browns are really good at home, not so good on the road. Overall, I think the Ravens are the best pass defense in the NFL. So I think they're built to shut down exactly what the what Chiefs, Chiefs do offensively, and they're built to attack the Chiefs' defense. I think the Ravens might win this game by double digits. Uh, I do not think double digits, but I do think your matchup nightmare rings true. I said it before this game. I, I was laughing saying players can't look ahead, but I can because I'm not playing. So I said you can use the same game plan against Miami and Buffalo, but you can't use it against the Niners and you can't use it against the Baltimore Ravens because the Chiefs can focus on Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice, right? They can focus on those two guys because – the Bills and the Dolphins don't have the horses to stop them. They only have one Jalen Ramsey, especially with Xavier uh, Howard being out for Miami. They only have one really good secondary member. You look at the Bills, yeah, their safeties are solid, but they have Razul Douglas, and that's it at corner. Who else are you going to put? Dane Jackson? You're going to try and put Kyrie right. Elon? Like, no, you're, you're getting torched. But against Baltimore, they have the horses. They have so many different secondary members they can throw at you. So you can't just focus in, if you're the Chiefs offense, on Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. You have to have a tertiary player step up. I'm not talking about the running game. I'm talking about a receiver. Whether that tertiary receiver is McCole Hardman, MVS, um, maybe Kadarius Toney is healthy and plays in this game. I don't know how much I like those odds because a tertiary guy for the Chiefs is going to have to step up, and they've not shown the ability to do that all season long. Although I will say MVS stepped up big last game against the Bills with two catches for 62 yards. Yeah, I think this is going to be a game where during the game, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, right. I kind of forgot the Chiefs have like no receivers because um, yeah. it's going to be hard. I mean, CJ Stroud and the Texans had one of the best passing attacks in the NFL this year. They didn't get inside. They didn't score a touchdown. Didn't even get inside the 20. Didn't run an offensive play inside the Ravens 25 yard line this past week. And their only touchdown was was a punt return touchdown. Well, and Ian, I said the this whole time. This is a tough challenge for the Chiefs. I'm with you because Tank Dell would have changed that because Tank Dell, Nico Collins, and Dalton Schultz would have given him those three options receiving, right? Right. But no, so they had one guy and he they shut down. And that's my concern that's the, the Chiefs, Chiefs is the same thing. They don't have again, playoff MVS seems to be a real thing, but are you putting your eggs in the MVS going for 80 yards in this game? I, I don't know if I am. Yeah. So this is a, I think the only reason to bet on the Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes, which a lot of Chiefs are an extremely popular event. And it's just because people are taking Patrick Mahomes to the points, but I don't think it's that easy. Do you like the over under in this game? Cause it seems to me like under. you would like the under. Yeah. Yeah. Under, yeah. For sure. 
Uh, I like Ravens to cover more, but if I were to bet on the total, I'd definitely go under. Mm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I like the I like the under more than the over in this game. Uh, all right, let's talk NFC Championship Sunday night. Uh, Lions uh, touchdown underdogs on the road in San Francisco against the 49ers. Pretty big line here uh, with the total at 51. So pretty high total if they expect an offensive shootout. Uh, what do you like for this one? Ooh. Man, I'm looking for a fun game where both teams have fun. No, I, 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 I like the Lions to make this very competitive, very close, but I, I think the Niners end up winning this game. Um, I'm intrigued to see Debo Samuel. You know, I know yeah, he's listed as questionable, but I will say give Brock Purdy credit. That final drive, he's had his worst game of the season, at least one of them. Uh, yeah. where he threw four interceptions that other game, I guess. Um, but he stepped up. He he stepped up big. I uh, hope it doesn't rain. If it rains, I might go with the Lions because the Niners can't really, as we've seen, that was a struggle for him to throw the ball. Well, Jared Goff um, can't throw in the rain either, though. Yeah, I guess kind of a, a true. Rain's maybe take <laughs> if it over. rains, rip the under. <laughs> yeah. 10 to 3. <laughs> um, I like the Niners to win, but I do think this is going to be a very back and forth close game because I do think the Lions have the horses offensively to make it close. I do think the Lions might stylistically try and do something to slow and muddy this game up, run the football a ton, try and um Hit a Monroe St. Brown for 10 catches for 105 yards, 12 catches for 120. Just a lot of those short ones that just pick up first downs. Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, I would expect a heavy dose of both those guys. And again, the Lions do have the uh, the dudes in the trenches up front on the offensive side of the ball that can make this very, very interesting to lean on uh, what is a very good 49ers defense. Uh, I'm Square City. I'm Mr. Square this week. I will t- I'll t- I'll lay the points with both favorites. I think the 40, I think, all season, the Ravens and the 49ers have been the best team in the NFL, with few people can argue that, and I think they're going to prove it this weekend and win both games by a lot. Mm. I think, and this brings back, I think it was uh, Joshua in the chat when we first came on. It might have been someone else, but I think it was him. Um, wondering if we thought both favorites were going to win or not. Uh, I think they do because I think this season, there is clearly the two best teams. I don't think in years past, we, especially recent years, we could have necessarily said that. Like, even a couple of years ago, remember when the Titans were the number one seed? I thought like they were the worst number one seed yeah. in a long time. Like there's been some even teams that are getting the number one seed. It's like, all right, they're the number one seed, but like there's some, you know, the number two, number three, number four, number five seed could all beat them. Since like the halfway point of the season on, the Ravens and the 49ers look like a step above the rest of the NFL. Um, I think the Lions defense is going to cost them in this one. Their secondary is atrocious. Um, I read uh, off earlier how they are oak gained. I know yards per play doesn't tell the whole story in the game, but at the end of the day, they're oak gained significantly in yards per play in both their first two games. I don't think you can do that against the 49ers. I think they're going to torch this line secondary. Um, the Lions have been also statistically ter- terrible on the road this season, not good on the road. Um, net yards per play, I think minus 0.3 on the road as opposed to like plus one on at home or something. So, I think they benefited from playing at home last week. Now they hit the road West coast outside game. I don't think that is a good thing for the lions. So yeah, um, I'm Mr. Square. Uh, I will lay the points with both favorites. I think they both win big. Yeah. I, will I think say, double digit win for both teams. 
I will say it, it would be a phenomenal Super Bowl Ravens and Niners just based on, as you mentioned, they were the two best teams yep. all season long. But again, you don't get that very often. Just going back to, to, to March Madness when Gonzaga played UCLA, when they were both the clear cut best two teams all year long, we were all sitting back going, this never happens. Remember that, that was the reaction was this never happens. Right. So it is rare to happen. Yeah. But you like to see it occasionally. Occasionally, I want to see the clear the clear two top teams playing the Super Bowl. Now, I know they just played on December 25th on Christmas. Um, and a lot of people, yes, the Ravens won that game big. I don't think that was as big of a blow as the final score indicates. I think that game was a lot closer. And I think if they rematch in the Super Bowl, I think it's going to be a lot closer of a game. Even if the Ravens win again, I don't think it's going to be like their first game. There was a lot of like tipped passes, ending in interceptions. The 49ers actually gained them in yards per play. Once again, Ravens took the lead, so <laughs> take that for what it is. But that game was a lot closer than the final. Dog, I got to get you a shirt that says yards per play. Net, give me a shirt that says net yards per play. Oh. Let me look right, up. Bet, there's, bet, four, bets. there's four teams left in the NFL. I'll, let me show you where they ranked in net yards per play. Oh. Can I guess? Yeah. I'm going to say Ravens won. Niners two, Chiefs five, and I'll say Detroit 12. Uh, close. Um, Niners one, Ravens three, Chiefs four, and Lions 11. So Lions are wow, the only Lions this one. But three, <laughs> of the, three of the final four teams in the playoffs were th- finished inside the top four net yards per play. So, yes, I know I reference it way too much. But it's for good reason. This happens on an almost yearly basis. The top teams in net yards per play are the ones that are left. Who was two? The Dolphins. Wow. But relatively easy schedule. How they played in the first half of the season kind of skewed their numbers by the end. Like, if you look at their numbers for, like, the second half of the season, like, they wouldn't wouldn't be top four. They played their best football early in the year, which isn't good when it comes to trying to win a championship. Um, yeah, so I think both, uh, both favorites are going to win. Um, so just g- give me your Super Bowl prediction. Is it Chiefs 49ers? In yeah, terms right of now, playing? right, right now I'm going Chiefs 49ers, although I, I, I want to do a little bit more research on the Chiefs, um, Ravens game because I do think the Ravens are a bad matchup for the Chiefs. So, um, I, again, I'm kind of going with the, the betting market saying I think Mahomes is the guy that gets it done. Um, and also it's unfair against Lamar. I love Lamar Jackson, love watching him play, but you know that knock is used against him of he can't get it done in the playoffs. I think this Ravens team is much different, much better than any single team the Ravens have had with him at quarterback in in this Lamar Jackson era, but he has to get it done at some point. If he doesn't get it done this year, there will be even more questions surrounding him. All right, so our best bets for this week. Uh, I went one and two last week. We both hit our total bets. Um, We both lost on our spread bets. Uh, for the spread, I took 49ers to cover versus Packers. You took Texans to cover versus Ravens. Both those were losers. We both hit our totals. I hit the uh, the under in Ravens-Texans. Uh, you hit the over in Bucks-Lions. Uh, and then, of course, upset. I lost another upset pick. My upset pick was the Chiefs. I let you have it, though. I took Buccaneers. And, and you could have joined me. I, I you, you're right. I could have. That's on me. It's on me. Um, so I went one and two. You went two and one. Uh, I figured for, since there's only two games, we'll just give out our best bet for each game. I think we've already talked about them here. Ravens, Chiefs. I took Ravens to cover. You took Chiefs to cover. You don't know if you if you like Chiefs to win, but you like them with a three and a half. Correct. Um, 
Lions 49ers. I took the 49ers to cover the seven point spread. Uh, you have a total. Which which side do you like for Lions? For yeah, I like the under in this one. Um, again, I, I do think Especially the Lions. Yeah, if it rains, but it just enjoy. I like the Lions to try and grind it out a little bit more to try and muddy this game up, which I think Dan Campbell and his Lions team can do. When you're not quite as talented, what do you try and do? Limit possessions. You try and make it right. ugly. And I think they try and make this game pretty ugly. So yep. I like the under. Yep, I won't argue against that reasoning. I know we're already at our time here, but I do want to quickly go over. Uh, lo- there's been lines set for potential Super Bowl matchups. So the four potential matchups, we've, we've lines are already released. Um, have you looked at those at all, Sterling? I have not. I'll, I'll list them off uh, really quickly. You just give me a quick thought for each of them. Okay. Chiefs, Lions, Chiefs to be favored by three and a half. Seems right. 49ers, Chiefs, 49ers favored by three points. Seems right. Lions, Ravens, this is surprising to me. Ravens favored by four and a half. I thought it'd be higher. I thought it'd be like I, six. I thought it would be two. Uh, 49ers, Ravens, this is the most interesting one to me because these two teams played a few weeks ago on Christmas. 49ers were a six and a half point home favorite. Ravens obviously won that game, but now for the Super Bowl, sportsbooks have 49ers at minus one and a half, a five point shift a month later. So basically a pick them. I would say it should be a pick them. Yeah. I think it should be a lot. If you like those, those metrics, look up Aaron Schatz, the creator of DVOA. This Ravens team is historically good. Like, yeah historically good. So take so, the Ravens as a slight, slight, slight. I, at that line, to be honest, I think I kind of like the 49ers. I would roll with the Ravens. I personally would set the line more like two, two and a half in favor of the 49ers. So I'd, at one and a half, I think I go 49ers. I'm not confident in it though. Um, I, 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 I do... For the entertainment factor and for Lions fans, I hope they make the Super Bowl. But I, this is a year I kind of do just want to see the two best teams play against each other, and that would be Ravens 49ers, in my opinion. So, Hey, if I take my Chiefs fandom out, I wouldn't hate it. All right. So there you go. This is the this has been the Conference Championship Edition of Stack in the Box. Like and subscribe to Stack in the Box on YouTube. Rate and review the podcast. Sign up for um, DraftKings, an account of DraftKings. Use the code STB. We've been talking a lot about the odds. If you want to place a bet on the Super Bowl, if you want to place a bet on these weekend's games, if you use the code STB when you sign up, you'll get uh, $200 in bonus bets and some same-game parlays as well. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, uh, what you're going to hear right after we finish up is my interview with Kirk Cousins last week. Interviewed him last week. I made my pitch to him to join the Falcons as a free agent this um, this offseason. Uh, so that was a fun interview. So stick around uh, if you're an audio listener and you will hear that. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, just go over to the main Stack in the Box YouTube page uh, and, the, and the interview is up there um, in video form. Uh, Niner Gang says revenge either way. Yeah, because no matter if the 49ers win, no matter who they're playing, it's one of the two teams they lost to in the Super Bowl. So uh, the Ravens obviously in, when was that, 2013? Uh, the loss of the Ravens and then lost to the Chiefs a handful of years ago. Um, so, yeah, revenge either way. 49ers should be either excited or nervous for that. I don't know. It seems like Diner Gaming <laughs> is excited. Um, all right. Thank you all so much for watching. Follow us on Twitter slash X at Ian MacBets and at HomestretchKC. Sterling, any final thoughts? Enjoy the last couple games of football because when it's gone, it's gone. It's yeah. gone. 
Yeah, very good point. That made me sad when you just said that, but it's true. We have three games left. Unless you're, unless you're going to become a big USFL fan or whatever it's called this year, we've got three games left until next fall. Enjoy it. Um, all right, thank you all so much for watching. Uh, we'll talk to you all next week. And next week, Sterling will be opening uh, his prize for winning um, the Survivor Pool. Did you do that on purpose or was that? I tried to do it as we went out. I didn't know you were going to talk more. I thought we were going okay, out. Do I tried doing the lasers. I don't know if it's going to work. I'll do, do one of these for you. Oh, there we go. All right, all right. take go. care. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone. Ian McMillan here from Fansided, joined by a very special guest today. Quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, partnered with Tostitos for the upcoming Super Bowl. Uh, I want to obviously talk to you about your partnership with Tostitos, Kirk, but I do want to start things off uh, with just asking you how your Achilles is doing. Yeah, thanks for asking. It's been a good uh, process. I had surgery November 1st, and so I'm about two and a half months out, and uh, everything's been on the up and up recovering well on, on track for next season and really looking forward to hitting the practice field again and just meeting those milestones as we get closer and closer to next year. Yeah, that's good to hear. Now, obviously I introduced you as Minnesota Vikings quarterback. I do have to note your contract does come up here in a couple of months. Now I'm not going to ask you, you know, what you plan on doing this off season, if where you're going to sign, obviously you're not going to tell me that you probably don't even know yourself, but allow me to just make a quick pitch to you. If I can, what if I told you, there was a team out there that had several positions on offense with young talent. What if I told you they had a top 10 defense this year? What if I told you this team might be a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender? And what if I told you you might have some kind of personal connection to the city? Maybe just for example, theoretically, you got married in the city where this where this team <laughs> plays. Does that possibly interest you theoretically whatsoever? That's, that's amazing. I see what you did there. Uh, no, it's, it's a, uh, you know, my wife is from Atlanta and, uh, I see the Falcons helmet in the background. So we're still, we're still, it's a lot of stuff is going to happen between now and March. And so I've, I've learned in this league, you kind of take it one day at a time and all these playoff games have to be played the Super Bowl, the head coaching hires, the staffs, you know, shift around and, and then the dust kind of settles and people go to the combine and you go from there. So, it's a uh, it's a process I've been through before, and we'll be going through it again in a few weeks. But uh, until we get to that point, I'm just kind of like laying low, and just we'll see. Once we get to March, we'll we'll deal with March stuff. And until then, it's like I don't even want to deal with it because so much is going to change. Yeah, of course. I at least uh, did have to give you my little pitch there. Love to see you there. That, that was a. Pr- I mean, that's as good as I've heard in a long time. Beautiful. Uh, I'm interested to get your thoughts on something, uh, especially as a quarterback here. Um, something I've noticed the past couple of years is that scoring as a whole has kind of been down across the NFL, specifically yeah. uh, passing touchdowns for some yeah. reason. Uh, 1.39 uh, passing touchdowns yeah. per game this season. That's down from 1.54 in 2021, 1.7 in 2020. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I wish I had a good answer for you because I've asked the same question. You're right that, you know, I was used to years where a Patrick Mahomes throws for 50 touchdowns. Right. And then suddenly – uh, you know, the leader in the league is in the mid thirties. And, uh, and so it has been a little different this year. Um, I don't know if there have been a couple changes, you know, there's a rules to the screen game that have changed over the past couple of years. Don't know if that's made a difference. Um, don't know if the RPO game, the way they flag, you know, linemen downfield more often, if that makes a difference or if defenses is kind of cyclical where defenses start catching up to some of the schemes that had been working and now offenses have to reinvent. I do think there's a continuous growth that has to happen on both sides of the football to be able to stay ahead of the other. And if you get stuck behind, 
that can certainly show up in the production because um, this league is and this game is always evolving. Have you noticed anything when you prepare for a game that defenses are doing differently or have done differently the past couple of years? Like, are we seeing more like too high safeties or is there anything else that you're noticing in the defenses that could cause offenses to kind of switch things up and, and maybe go for more short yardage passes instead of always looking for the explosive play? This is probably an overgeneralization or it is an overgeneralization, but mm-hmm. I think you see a little bit more of the rooftop coverage where you're trying to prevent fatals. And then I think you also see more of the all-out aggressive coverage force the quarterback to throw the ball quickly where he has no choice. He cannot hold on to it. And I think when you play in those two extremes, that creates some conversation for offenses around how they want to attack it. And I think you do see those two extremes maybe a little more than defenses in the past that probably tended to stay right down the middle somewhere in between those two. Now, I want to talk to you about the playoffs this year. The 49ers, obviously, the number one seed in the NFC. They've looked invincible at times this season, but not when you played against them. You actually had a great game against them, completed 35 of 45 passes, 378 yards, two touchdowns. What is the key to beating this 49ers team that has, at times, looked almost unbeatable? Yeah, they've had some of their best games have been games that make you say, wow, how are they not going to win at all? But um, right. I think you have to protect, you have to, and that includes the quarterback has to get the ball out quickly and the coach has to have a plan that protects the quarterback and not doesn't ask the O-line to do too much. But, um, you know, in that game we were fortunate we didn't have any sacks. And so, you know, we were able to kind of get rid of the football fast enough that their pass rush wasn't able to wreck the game, which I think they can do quite often. Um, I also think their offense, the Niners offense, is, is really skilled. And so it can be difficult to stop them. When we played them, Debo Samuel was out. And uh, I was, the, you know, I'm not complaining when Debo Samuel's out, but when he's healthy, he may be the best player in football with the ball in his hands. So, um, you know, he poses a challenge as do a lot of the skill guys in that team. And, uh, uh, you know, it was a team win for us that we only, our, our defense only allowed 17 points. And when you do that, you know, you can beat a lot of, a lot of good football teams. Now, the 49ers might be in trouble for a different reason. I don't know if you've seen this going around the internet the past few days, Kirk, but there is uh, the Kirk Cousins curse, uh, which has been uh, going around. And that's no team that you have beat has gone on to play in a Super Bowl, which puts the 49ers in a tough spot and puts the Packers in a tough spot. So I don't know if you've been aware about that, but going around the internet, there's been the Kirk Cousins curse. (laughs) So I hate that I I hate that I have that curse on people, but uh, (laughs) uh, I do know that, uh, you know, those are two good football teams. They've proven it, and uh, we'll see if they make a run. I think it is a wide-open year, period. I think that, uh, uh, you know, when you look across the league, some of the teams in the past that you could almost just pencil in for the Super Bowl, um, it would seem that they've got a tougher path, and it would seem that some other teams who you used to not see in the playoffs have a great chance at making a run. So I think that'll make it fun. Uh, before I uh, get into your partnership here with Tostitas, one last question. Um, I want to get your thoughts on just how impressive CJ Stroud has been the rookie quarterback for the Texans. Now, obviously I'm sure you haven't watched a ton of them this year. You're, you know, you're focused on, uh, the games the Vikings are playing in. Um, but I'm sure you've, you've at least seen some clips of him. You're looking at his numbers. How impressive is it for a rookie to be playing this well already, uh, led his team to a playoff win in his rookie season. How difficult is that for rookie quarterbacks nowadays? Yeah, you certainly have so much you have to take on as a rookie. And anytime a rookie quarterback plays even reasonably well, it's an incredible accomplishment. Um, But 
had one of his best games. Their team had one of their best games of the year in the playoff game. So they picked the right moment to really be peaking as a football team. And um, I think CJ deserves a ton of credit. I think his coaches do as well. Uh, you know, D'Amico Ryans is the head coach. I think, you know, again, a team that didn't have a lot of expectations going into the year has really, you know, created this team now that quite honestly has a lot of expectations in the years ahead because of what they've shown. So, um, you know, when you can, when you can draft, uh, uh, players like they have, it certainly, uh, you know, can change your, your course of your team quickly. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and tell me about your uh, partnership with Tostitos for the upcoming Super Bowl. Yeah. So Tostitos is the official chip and dip of the NFL. And obviously for going on years, you know, people watch football, uh, they've got their chips and dip and Tostitos has always been a big part of that, but they're going bigger than ever this year, the Super Bowl, um, doing a pop-up restaurant called toast by Tostitos. And uh, they're going to get their Frito-Lay, you know, chefs, professional culinary uh, chefs to uh, uh, whip up some dishes using Tostitos chips as the base ingredient. And uh, I've seen a sneak peek of what they do. Pretty creative what they can do with the Tostitos chips. So I'm going to be a part of it, preparing and serving along with the chefs to fans uh, who make a reservation. It's a free restaurant. So fans can go to toastbytostitos.com to get the information and go to the restaurant in Vegas if they're there the week of the game. There's also a sweepstakes on Instagram with Tostitos where you can win tickets to the Super Bowl, a chance to meet me at the pop-up restaurant, and obviously a trip to Vegas. So um, that'd be really fun for anybody to enter. They can go to uh, Instagram, go to the Tostitos page, and uh, and put out a post with a hashtag Toast by Tostitos and hashtag entry and enter into the sweepstakes. So um, I think it's a really cool, fun idea by Tostitos to get their chefs involved and create this culinary experience that... I'm really excited to be a part of and see just how creative we can get with a Tostitos chip. Awesome. Love to hear it. Thank you so much, uh, Kirk, for your time. I really appreciate it. Best of luck uh, in your recovery. Best of luck in the future, even if that future doesn't land, uh, land you in Atlanta with the Falcons. I'll be rooting for that personally, but wherever you end up, even if it's back in Minnesota, best of luck uh, and take care. Thank you. We'll see what happens. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.